podcast listeners. This is uh, Jason Ambrosi, ALPA president, back with you in this edition. We are at ALPA's executive board meeting here in, in D.C. So before we get into interviewing our, our guests today, which are uh, NBC chairs from, from several airlines, a little primer on what the governing body's uh, structure is. So the executive board is made up of all the MEC chairs of our airlines. It meets twice a year. And in conjunction with the executive board meeting this week, we also had an executive council meeting. The executive council is largely the fiduciary body of the association. It's comprised of the national officers, the Alpha Canada president, as well as our 11 executive vice presidents representing um, the various airlines. And then, of course, is our highest governing body, which is actually the board of directors, which is your elected representatives. And each of those get a say. We meet once every two years. However, we also conduct business by ballot as needed. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our our first folks, and we'll move on to interviewing the MEC chairs. I'm here today with uh, uh, not just colleagues, but but friends. Um, Larry Payne, MEC chair at, at Hawaiian, and Will McQuillan, the MEC chair at Alaska. Um, you know, it's my pleasure to interview you guys and, and see what's going on at your individual properties and talk a little bit about what you went through and went through in bargaining. So I'll, I'll kick it off with with Will over at Alaska. Um, you were first out of the gate in your your contract negotiations and successfully bargaining. You know, you started a chain of successful collective bargaining for all of us. Thank you very much for, for leading that charge and, and the support. You know, uh, what made your group successful, and, and, and how did you come up with, with new ideas to get there? Now, I think that foundational to our success were two core components. One is, of course, unity. Nothing happens without unity, and we worked very, very hard during um, preceding bargaining and during bargaining to foster and feed that unity piece. Uh, coming right out of the, the merger and during the merger, in fact, we brought pilots together into uh, unity events, something that the company actually facilitated uh, where they had a flight path event. It was a, a company-sponsored bring everybody on board and tell them uh, a little bit about Alaska Airlines. And we used those opportunities to bring the pilots of the two pilot groups together and have them sit down and talk about shared experiences, common goals, where have you been, what do you love, what do you hate, and we built upon that foundation of unity rolling into negotiations, regular polling, and then outreach events, airport sits, that type of a thing, to make sure that the pulse that we had in the scientific polling, that the pulse that we had back from the reps, and that we had from direct pilot feedback was spot on, because with that unity, you can go places. And the other piece was, of course, team, um, and building a team, and I think most of us had this experience during the pandemic, where there wasn't a whole lot of certainty and nobody knew what you were going to wake up to on any given day. And that just happened to coincide with the negotiating cycle. And we were almost forced to build a team of not just the officers, but also all of our committee chairmen, people who were really good, really passionate about what they did. And we kind of did daily conversations. We had 90-minute calls where we would do essentially uh, look at the problem, solve the problem, and work backwards from a goal. And we employed those tactics, obviously, during negotiations. Um, and then being able to utilize that team real flexibly in the moment when opportunity presented itself or things at the, the table changed when the dynamic changed. So unity and team, and I, I do believe you can pretty much get anywhere you need to be. I mean, the the unity you you built, the solidarity amongst your your pilots. Uh, I mean, just your picketing events. I mean, miles, right? It was more than a mile of pilots lined up mm -hmm. at one event in in Seattle that just 
showed the resolve and solidarity that, that you had. And I think, you know, you were a, an example to all of us that, uh, that uh, um, I don't know what to do going forward. And I, and I appreciate that. Shifting to Larry a little bit. So, you know, you were, you were part when we were all in bargaining and, um, you know, Hawaiian was able to secure a strong contract at the, the beginning of the year. It, unlike Will and I, we had to put a lot of, a lot of fight in this. It seems like it was relatively, uh, relatively smooth process for you. Uh, you know, at least to, maybe the duck's feet under the water were going a little different, but it looked like a relatively smooth pr progress uh, without any major management conflicts, um, you know, that, that we faced. What was the process and what worked so well for you? Yeah, look, I mean, Will touched on a couple of things that I want to talk about, unity and teamwork, right? Um, unity is imperative to everything we do at Alpha. It's a cornerstone, right? Um, I think you got to have unity with your pilots. I, we did a lot of po polling pre-contract, um, and we had a great team. I mean, Doug and his guys were a great team. In our contract in 2017, it was uh, very a bit of a public um, – it was very public. It was out in the open with our contract in 2017. Uh, and we had a ton of unity then too. And it got a little bit acrimonious financially, frankly, with the company. I think our CEO recognized this time around, uh, different CEO this time than we had in 2017. I think he recognized this time around that they had a lot of pilots to hire for what their business plan was dictating in the future. And he was going to have to pay, you know, the going rate for for what we were operating, the equipment we were operating. And I don't think they wanted that public campaign again. I really think that they they thought that they wanted to get this done, if we could, uh, more amicably than we did in 2017. And that kind of paved the way for our the way our negotiations went. And, yeah, I mean, some guys would say, well, you never had to walk in circles. But I think sometimes you don't need to walk in circles to get a good contract. So. Yeah, and I know uh, all of us uh, were on the phone quite a bit during that period of time. And what's your current table position, and what's ours? And I, I appreciate it because you know in the in the past we, even in Alpa, sometimes we had an us versus them mentality across our own carriers, which is just absurd because we're all stronger when we work together. I I really appreciated in this bargaining cycle how you know we basically would would share with each other what's going on and what we're doing to try to make sure that that we didn't have any any footfalls to the extent possible and it was absolutely know, it, was, it was very good yeah it worked really well i think the daily interactions the regular phone calls the cadence that we all had amongst ourselves all the chairman i think really uh demonstrated what pattern bargaining is all about and nobody had to wait for the other one we were able to actually leverage table positions against each other well that's awesome that's awesome um so I really appreciate you both uh, joining us here at the taking some time at the executive board here in D.C. to to get uh, to sit down and, and chat a little bit about what's going on at each of your properties. It's uh, Larry Payne, Captain Larry Payne from from Hawaiian Airlines, MEC chair and Captain Will McQuillan, uh, MEC chair for for Alaska. Thank you very much for for joining me today. Yep. Thanks. Jason. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jason. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome Captain Bernie Lewell of WestJet and Charlene Hootie of Air Canada with us this morning um, here at the executive board. I appreciate you both joining us. It's good to be here, Jason. Thank you. It's very good to be here. So, Bernie, let's start with you. Your, your contract came right down to the wire, having uh, reached a deal just a few hours before the WestJet pilots, pilots were going to go on strike. How did you prepare for a potential strike? Yeah, as you say, Jason, we were within five hours of walking the picket line. 
Uh, it was a bit of a stressful time, but uh, we were very prepared. A lot of that had to do with SBSC National and our own SBSC at WestJet. We had strike centers set up in Calgary, Vancouver, and, uh, and Toronto, and they were fully staffed. Uh, Ronan O'Donoghue was up there. We had a few other people from SBSC National that were helping us out. Uh, we, we felt in a good position, but I think um, more, more so like the, that was, that's the physical aspect of being prepared, but really we, ha we got the pilot group prepared and we started that uh, eight months prior to the, the strike date. We started a campaign that was be prepared. We were telling our pilots like, uh, you know, this is, this is serious and we need you to be able to hold the company to account. We need, we need the company to know that you guys are serious, that we are serious about, uh, about uh, potentially going out on strike. Uh, so with that, we told our pilots months earlier, as I said, that they needed to be prepared in the eventuality of, or the potential uh, that we would go out on strike. And then as we went into conciliation, we changed that message to we are ready. We are ready to, to, uh, to hold the company into account. And uh, at the end of the day, I think that's really what pushed it over the line. The company knew our pilots were ready, uh, both from a, a psychological point of view, but also a physical point of view with the strike centers set up, the picket signs all, all ready to go. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so that, that, that's how we kind of prepared. Charlene, welcome to Alpa. Welcome to, on all behalf of, of our members, to the Air Canada pilots. What's it feel like to, you were a former Apple member, you were the first Air MEC chair. What's it feel like to be back? It feels fantastic. And Air Canada pilots are, are super excited to be members of Alpa now. I think that the unity that we have as a pilot group and then being part of the, the bigger, larger Alpa, 76,000 pilots strong, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, for myself, coming from being the first Air MEC chair to then coming back as a, an Alpa member um, as an Air Canada pilot, it's, it's been an incredible journey. And I'm, I'm really excited and proud to represent the, the Air Canada pilots under the, the Alpa banner now. Yeah, that is, uh, I'm proud of the fact that we were able to, to move this merger forward in, in such a timely fashion. And uh, I appreciate your leadership and the fact that there was no, you know, every time we found a stumble, it wasn't going to be, well, we can't do it because of this. It was, how are we going to get through this? And we're going to get to the, get to the end. So it's, it's great to have you and your members as part of our larger organization, because obviously we are stronger together. That was the theme of our merger. That's Absolutely. right. Um, so... Your contract expired at the end of September. Um, how is your, your group and the Air Canada pilots approaching bargaining? So our contract did expire on September 29th, and I would say we're approaching bargaining from that place of unity. And that did start a year ago with our, our new MEC and the, the drive to merge with ALPA. And uh, I think you made a very good point that if we had any hiccups or bumps in the road, we were able to work with the ELPA leadership team and, and make sure that that merger was presented to our pilots in a, in a pretty fast fashion. And 84% of our members wanted to be a part of ELPA. And so here we are. And so that unity that we started to build with the merger, it just keeps growing and growing. It's been really incredible to see. Much like Bernie's pilot group was very frustrated, the Air Canada pilots have been very frustrated as well. Uh, we're coming out from a contract that 
uh, was almost a decade long. And so it's very stale. It's very outdated. So we have a lot of contract language that needs to be improved with quality of life uh, improvements. And then also we have to address this growing wage gap between uh, Canadian pilots, Air Canada pilots, and our counterparts south of the border. So being a part of ALPA and seeing what has happened, like with the WestJet pilot group, with the Delta pilot group, most recently with the United pilot group, that really helps set the bar for our negotiations right now. So how do those successes, you know, both north and south of the border, how do you feel that's going to um, affect your ability to, to bargain this agreement? I'm a firm believer, and my whole MEC supports the fact that the, the rising tide lifts all ships. So it's time for the Air Canada pilot group to, to rise up to, to the level that we're seeing all our industry counterparts being uh, treated. Absolutely. And, and it's awesome to see in this round of bargaining that we're all working more together, we're collaborating more, and you know we're using resources from, from various airlines to help. I know that we've had a, several airlines in our SPSC group come up and, and help you. Is that, is, have you found a benefit from that? I think that's been enormously beneficial. I can't quite explain how much support that we've received from ALPA International, and also being able to have these conversations with Bernie, who as the WestJet MEC chair, and because the bargaining is different in Canada versus uh, south of the border here with that more compressed timeline, having all that information and knowledge, especially the Strategic Preparedness and Strike Committee, uh, ELPA International has been phenomenal because under ACPA, we used to have an industrial action committee, but it had pretty much gone dormant over the last few years since we're in this 10-year uh, collective agreement. So we've stood up our SPSC committee, and the support, the resources uh, from ELPA has been incredible in standing that up and, and making sure that our pilot group is really engaged and willing to show management just how unified we are and how resolved we are to getting that world-class contract that our pilot group deserves. And we saw proof of that on September 29th, the day that our contract did expire. We had the uh, largest informational picket in Canadian aviation. We had 600 plus pilots show up on the picket line. Our, our WestJet colleagues were there with us as well as um, from all the airlines within within ALPA. It was, it was an incredible day. Yeah, it was an incredible sign of uh, unity and solidarity on, uh, on that, that day with your, with your picket. So Bernie, this agreement um, will uh, take away the whipsaw of Swoop and, and Sunwing. So uh, how is that? How is that taking place? I know you're right out of the right out of the frying pan into the fire because you you finished a successful negotiation and you think you'd get some time off, but that's not the case, right? Now you're you're consummating the, the merger with the with both uh, with three three pilot groups. Yeah. So that was probably one of the most important things that we needed to to secure in this contract was the 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 ability of West, or, so the we needed to make it so that the company couldn't whip, whipsaw us with Swoop, which they've been doing for the last five years, and Sunwing, which they've just uh, acquired uh, approximately a year, within the last year. Uh, so yeah, we, we were able to get Swoop uh, integrated very quickly and very painless, uh, pain, pain, painlessly, I think I would say. Uh, and, and that's by the end of October here, that, that will be complete. The, uh, the merge will be complete between WestJet and Swoop. Uh, Sunwing, we've just uh, we've 
um, we're at the start of that process. So we still have to make the application to the CRB for common employer that uh, we anticipate will be happening before December 9th. That's contractually the date that uh, that has been set as the furthest out. Uh, and then after that, uh, we'll follow the ALPA merger policy we anticipate and, uh, and hopefully come to a, a quicker uh, resolution to that um, quicker than a longer resolution. We're looking at CA3, negotiating for CA3 in another potentially two years, starting the negotiations, and we want a United Pilot Group going into that negotiation. So it's important for us to get this merger behind us so that we can again work on the unity of our pilot group. Well, you're a busy man. Uh, no, no break in action. So you're implementing a new contract, a complete rewrite, as well as merging the, the airlines. So you know, thank you for your leadership and, and well done. Well done. Uh, no, thanks, Jason. Yeah, I told my wife I was going to have a bit of a break after the <laughs> negotiation. That didn't turn out. <laughs> well, uh, Bernie, Charlene, I want to thank you both for, for taking the time at a very busy executive board meeting to sit down and, and uh, get out the word on your pilot groups to, to our listeners. So thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Jason. All right, I'm here with Captain Ryan Muller of Spirit Airlines, the MEC chair, as well as Captain Chris Kenny, the MEC chair for, for JetBlue um, at the executive board. I, I really appreciate both of you taking the time to, to join us today. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. Pleasure to be here. All right, so um, obviously your, your companies are, are contemplating a merger at this point. Before we go into that, um, just tell us a little bit about what's going on at, at your property. Um, you know, Chris, kick it off. Sure, no problem. Thanks, Jason. The In each one of our properties, one thing that Ryan and I, what we're trying to do is we both have our own union business to take care of both individually and then as well as, as jointly. With the JetBlue side, what we continue to do is to work with the Spirit MEC on working collaboratively and jointly with them, as well as maintaining our own MEC structure. Uh, currently, right now, on the JetBlue MEC, we just had elections last month. And uh, my position, actually all the officer positions will be new starting on November 1. Captain Justin Houck, who is currently the MEC treasurer, will be the incoming um, MEC chairman um, as I will step down. And Justin's been involved with the MEC before, so I have no doubt that he's going to just take the reins and continue to work right with, with Ryan and his team as they go forward. One thing that we continue to do on the JetBlue side is we continue to strive to work with management outside of negotiations. We just achieved an LOA a couple weeks ago trying to adjust the pilot's market rate any possible way which we possibly can while maintaining the integrity of our, our current contract, which extension that we got last year. Um, we continue to work with the company to build on relationship. Our grievances are actually at a pretty low, low rate right now. We continue to rely on polling data from our memberships that we had prior to continue to drive our membership with education and um, try to get them involved by doing pub events as much as we can, LEC meetings as much as we can, trying to drive up our membership as we go down this next venture with spirit as we um, strive to um, go towards this merger. Very good. Ryan. Well, in addition to what Chris said, you know, um, we've been prioritizing unity uh, between both groups and at home on the spirit front, we're, we're keeping an open line of communication with our, our members and also with our counterparts at JetBlue. We're committed to keeping our pilots informed about the progress of the merger, as well as what's going on at home at our own MEC. Again, we're prioritizing unity, not only with the Spirit pilots on our own property, but again, with, with JetBlue looking forward to the future of the combined JetBlue uh, 2.0. 
we're monitoring the legal proceedings uh, closely, you know, in the government's case to stop the merger and updating our strategic plan to uh, act accordingly for whatever the outcome is. And, and, and in terms of everything else, we're, we're advocating for our company to address the pay disparity that's ever growing between us and the rest of the industry as different contracts with market rate adjustments come in. And, you know, in addition to that, we're, we're advocating for, for fairness, you know, in terms of the merger and, and addressing pay parity and other issues for the fair treatment of uh, spirit pilots once we become part of JetBlue if the merger was to be conceived. So, you know, with an impending or potential merger, how does that, um, how does that uh, affect your, your ability to bargain? Does it give you more leverage, less leverage? Um, you know, uh, what do you think, Ryan? I think if the merger is to be conceived, I think we have plenty of leverage. I mean, these two groups are come from a storied history. Uh, you know, Spirit was the last U.S. carrier to ever go on strike. And, you know, JetBlue has done a great job advocating for their pilots and achieving what they've achieved in their collective bargaining. So I think the combination of these two groups would create a very powerful force that can advocate for its pilots and, and bring them something that's acceptable in, in correlation with the market. How about you? Yeah, I think, you know, Jason, I think Ryan kind of pegged it right there on the spot. I think that the um, the leverage that the both groups have working collaborative, um, I will tell you that it's it's very nice having this uh, merger be two Apple carriers, number one. The resources that we get from National are extreme, and I think that both, you know, the GNC that we have and all the officers is a strong group. And I think even if you look at the way that we brought the the two MECs, we've had two joint meetings already, and, and Justin and Ryan are going to commit next year to having more of those. As we start to to build a consensus, and we've already had our initial poll, our joint poll between the two pilot groups, and both MECs have been already briefed on that, I think that the, the leverage that we are going to create in this industry, I think, is going to uh, really serve both pilot groups in the end. You know, when, when both pilot groups just kind of look at the contracts in industry and really just let it kind of soak in or where we are with the industry, I think that we are going to come out and have leverage and use it to extract as much as we can from the company. And even though I'll be sitting on the sidelines watching, I have full confidence that, you know, these two guys are going to lead a lead both groups through to achieve a, uh, a hell of a JCBA that I'm looking forward to live under. With that, anything else you'd like to have the listeners hear? Uh, anything that uh, while you've while you've got the microphone that you want to no, I just want to say, you know, thank you for the opportunity to sit here with, with, with Ryan and have this podcast. It's one of my lot, my last podcasts that I will do. And I'll just say that it's um, getting the all the pilots involved and, and building unity is something that's a challenging to everybody, especially uh, coming out of COVID, where a lot of pilots, you know, have kind of taken the down low a little bit on that. And we're obviously trying to always build that. I think podcasts are a great way to get the pilots a different opportunity to get a message. And I'll just say that it's been, you know, it's been, it's been a pleasure working with Ryan and his side, and as well as you as your side, as we've built this to where it is. And I look forward to seeing what incoming chairman, you know, Justin Howe and Ryan do going forward. And Ryan, it's been a pleasure working with you building this group forward. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. And I agree. It's been, it's been a pleasure to work with you. I look forward to, you know, working with Justin and, and taking the necessary steps that we need to foster the relationship and cultivate it to a point where we, we get to a very successful outcome. Well, I think you guys pegged it. Unity is the key. Keeping your pilot groups focused on the common enemy, which is the company and the, the actual merger. Keep yourselves uh, um, unified and, and focused. So with that, I appreciate your leadership, both of you guys. You know, nowadays it's, it's tough to get people to step up and do some of these jobs. So, you know, thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Chris, for both doing this. And, 
enjoy your time off, uh, Chris, but I think we'll undoubtedly rope you back in at, at some point and get you, to, get, you, get you back to work. But thank you guys for joining us today. Thanks, thank Jason. You. Thanks, Ryan. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Uh, this concludes part one of a two-part series where we've interviewed uh, several MEC chairs here at our executive board meeting in Washington, D.C. I sure hope that you join us for part two uh, in the very near future. And if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the Airline Pilot Podcast and, uh, and, and spread the word to your, your fellow crew members. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Airline Pilot Podcast. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, reach out at podcast at alpa.org. To listen and subscribe to the Airline Pilot Podcast, please check us out online at alpa.org or find us on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, this is the Airline Pilot Podcast. Production copyright Alpa, 2023, all rights reserved.